Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. All right, Penn State football fans, it's Bob Flounders, a smiling, a beaming Johnny McGonigal, not smiling, beaming Johnny McGonigal. Johnny is is a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, he's always been that way. I don't want to speak for him, but uh, he's. it's been a good run for John McGonigal. And anyone else who's a Philadelphia sports fan between the fight Phils, now the Eagles, the Sixers are rolling. Eagles are in the bowl. That means Miles Sanders, former Penn State star, is in the bowl. Johnny's going to have some news, I think, hopefully on that. But Johnny, you had told me you might be going to the game. I don't know if that panned out for you, but that scene in Philadelphia on Sunday just looked completely wild. Yeah, Bob, uh, my voice is still coming back to me uh, today. So, yeah, I was at the game on Sunday. It was awesome. Uh, really cool experience. Was able to be there with some family. Watch the birds uh, capture an NFC championship, get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Miles Sanders with two rushing touchdowns. And uh, you mentioned, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a story on him for next week, I believe. Uh, so that's that's what we're as we're hoping for, we're lining that up and a uh, big moment for him, big moment for yeah everyone who was a Penn State slash Eagles fan, uh, slash Phillies fan, slash Sixers fan. That's like everyone. Just about. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been it's been quite a time, uh, even though the Sixers just lost to the Magic uh, on Monday night. I think Embiid and Maxi and those guys, they were at the at the Eagles game on Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were a little hungover, maybe for the <laughs> Uh, that's 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 my excuse for them losing to the magic but uh no it was a fun weekend but a lot of news coming uh you know earlier this week you know on monday and penn state wrapped up their third and final junior day of the winter uh over the weekend and so we've got you know signing day quote unquote coming up here next week uh next tuesday uh you know penn state has most of their guys signed and already sealed delivered in that 23 class and as do most of the schools across the country but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's another ad or two in that 23 class. And then we'll be able to talk to new wide receivers coach Marcus Hagans, as well as some 2022 first year guys uh, who will be made available for interviews for us as well in State College. So that'll be a, a nice little media availability day next week. We do have a lot of recruiting news to get to uh, in this episode of the Blue White Breakdown. But it's just funny, Johnny. It's not it's not really so much about the 2023 class and. When you were just a pup covering the uh, the Penn State team, I think for the for the Collegian, at uh, this time of year, you know the first Wednesday or the second Wednesday in February used to be a really huge deal, right, for recruiting. But December signing day kind of changed all that. More often than not, all of the hay is in the barn. You know, kids are enrolled. You know, Penn State's got a bunch of kids. I think eleven or twelve uh, already enrolled up there, uh, trying to get a head start on their true freshman seasons. It's the news never stops with recruiting, as as we've learned, and with Penn State. But th- this signing day is probably not near. It's for the last couple of them, just has not nearly uh, the intrigue that it used to, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. But you're right; there still could be some news, and you already we already have some news 
uh, early in the week involving uh, a couple of things. Let's let's start with uh, Penn State's already uh, got a member of their 2025 class to verbally commit. And wouldn't you know it, it's another offensive lineman. Yeah, they've really shown a commitment in the trenches over the last uh, few classes. Uh, Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer, a pair of top 50 uh, nationally ranked uh, prospects signing already and on campus, you know, 2023 signees. Cooper Cousins uh, from uh, McDowell up in Erie, a uh, four-star guy who committed verbally to Penn State this time last year. I think it was almost to the day on Monday. Maybe it was Sunday, uh, the 29th of January. And uh, so that was a big ad for them. They still have him in the 24 class and he'll be signing, you know, coming up here in a, you know, all, you know nine, 10, 11 months, whatever. Uh, but on Monday, they added their first member of the 2025 recruiting class, which again, it's one of those like feel old moments. Like it's like, a, what? we're talking 2025 already, but uh, yeah, that's where Penn state James Franklin, that's where their heads are at uh, right now is the 24 class finishing out the 23 class and some upcoming transfers, you know, after spring ball, but you know, hosting 25 and, and, and 24 uh, recruits on campus the last three weekends. And uh, yeah, they got a verbal commit from Jalen Matthews. Who's a four-star offensive tackle from New Jersey uh, out of Tom's river North. Uh, he's been identified already as one of the top prospects in the country, not just in the region. Uh, I think, believe he ranks, uh, what, 77th uh, nationally on rivals, uh, 86th on 24. So he's a top 100 kid, uh, big kid, six foot six. And uh, that's what you want to see out of, a, out of someone going into now what it will be his junior year uh, in the fall and already has offers from Georgia, Miami, Ohio State. It's not like this is like an under the radar kid to add. I mean, it's a big ad uh, to start your 25 cycle. Um, so, yeah, they're already showing commitment uh, to the trenches after after a few good classes when it comes to that already. Traditionally, Penn State has done very well in the state of New Jersey. But recently, I mean, they're, they're recruiting more nationally and, you know, population shifts and all that. They've always done well in New Jersey, but they really haven't had a lot of talent like in, in the in the last couple of uh, recruiting classes, I believe, come from New Jersey. What stood out to you more? What stood out to you about them maybe able to, to reach back into one of your favorite states for 2025? Yeah, this is uh, the first time, assuming uh, Matthews ends up signing, which, again, we're talking about the 2025 recruiting class and we're sitting here just starting essentially a month into 2023. There's a lot of time here uh, for not just him, but anyone who verbally commits this early in the process to flip, you know, to change their mind and, and all that. But if he ends up signing, it'll be the first time uh, Penn State has a new a New Jersey signee since uh, defensive end Amin Vanover in the 2020 class. Penn State wants to get back in New Jersey. They've always been in New Jersey. It's it's not like they've up up and left, you know, but to try and get some of those top talents uh, from such a nearby state, from a nearby area is key. And, and it's not like New Jersey hasn't had top talents. I mean, you look at the 2023 class and that cycle, uh, the top five prospects from the Garden State went to Texas A&M, Florida, Texas, Ohio State and Notre Dame. So. You know, there's still talent coming out of the state. Penn State needs to get back in it, and they are. And Matthews right now is the top player from from New Jersey. And so I think it's a big ad. And, uh, you know, we've seen them have success in Virginia. And I think that's only going to continue with Marcus Hagans on staff as the new wide receivers coach. Um, you know, we've seen them have success nationally 
you know, even going out and picking up uh, Jackson Smolk, a quarterback from Iowa. You know, they're they're they have their reaches, you know, everywhere across the country. But New Jersey is a really important state to this program, and uh, getting Matthews in early in this twenty five class, I think, is a good sign uh, for what they're going to be able to do. Not only in the twenty five class, but in the twenty four class as well. New Jersey, and then also Philly too, because uh, there's a lot of a lot of prospects from the Philadelphia area that. Uh, they would love to have in both the 2024 and 2025 classes. Yeah, the offensive line, though, I just, I mean, it, it's it's funny, you know, two or three years ago, just kind of an eyesore, right? Uh, no, no, I shouldn't say eyesore, but just a a problem area. I think I think consistently that was the case, you know. But the last couple of years, it, it just seems like they've finally been able to turn the corner. Obviously, James Franklin has made it a priority to get better. Uh, in the trenches on the offensive line, and it, and you're seeing it, but I think you also have to probably give some credit to Phil Troutwine, who uh, the first couple of years maybe didn't exactly go the way he wanted them to, but he kind of stayed with it, and they have numbers, and they have bodies, and they have young players playing at a high level. Um, it's not just the recruiting, Johnny. It's the It's the development. You look at what Drew Shelton was able to do in a pinch this year, when Caden Wallace went down and you look, you know, he was, I think he was a, Olu was a third year player, but he didn't have a lot of experience coming in to 2022. And for him to kind of play the way that he did, obviously the kid's tremendously talented. I think Phil Troutwine, I think is a guy that's really, really made a, a huge impact. I think at Penn state, maybe in the last, you know, 24 months, whatever it is, because I think they've come a long way up front. Absolutely. I mean, Olu Fashionu, started once prior to the season was that Outback Bowl. Uh, he came in as a pretty relatively inexperienced guy in terms of uh, college snaps. And he could have left and probably went in the first round, deciding to come back uh, to man that left tackle spot for Penn State in 2023. Uh, Drew Shelton is going to be competing for that starting job uh, opposite uh, Olu Fashion on the right side. He's going to have to contend with Caden Wallace and some other guys in there. Uh, but I think recruits, you know, 2023, 2024, 2025 guys saw what Drew Shelton did in year one. It's not very common to see a true freshman. Uh, you know, he was forced into action, uh, you know, in an ideal world. I'm sure they wouldn't have had started him and burned his red shirt, but they had to. And he was ready. Uh, he was ready for the moment. And so I think those uh, those high school kids, whether they're juniors and seniors now or have already signed, they saw that and they're like, OK, that's. That could be me. That could easily be me when I sign with Penn State. Yeah, they've already got Alex Birchmeyer and Javen Williams and Anthony Donka on campus. Uh, Birchmeyer and Williams, like we mentioned on a previous podcast, two guys who play tackle in high school, uh, could play tackle in college, but also in terms of size and all that might project better as guards. Uh, right now, they are looking at and, and trying to get another uh, offensive lineman in the 2023 class. We mentioned that the February signing day that isn't really used all that often uh, is coming up. And uh, Chimdi Ona, I hope I pronounce his name right, uh, but a six foot five prospect from Maryland, uh, four star guy, top 150 prospect on 24 seven, one of the highest rated uh, recruits still available in the 2023 class. I was scrolling through the list, scrolling through. I'm like, all right, that guy's already you know committed. That guy's already signed, 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 signed. A lot of these guys in the 23 class are already signed, but Ona is not. And uh, I believe it was on three and 24 seven both gave, you know, their crystal ball or predictions um, for Penn State to land him. And I think he's going to be committing here uh, sometime this week. 
And so that would be a big ad to get another four-star guy in that 23 class. And uh, you like what Penn State has coming back, you know, up front uh, this upcoming season, you know, blocking for Nick Singleton and Catron Allen and keeping Drew Aller upright. They've got a lot of experience, but you're always looking to see what's coming in 2024 and what 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 can we do in 2025 to keep this train going. You know, the offensive line is a strength right now. You don't want to lose that. And I think uh, I think Phil Troutwine has done a really good job of that. And uh, James Franklin prioritizing the trenches has done a good job as well. Yeah, you mentioned Javen Williams, the kid from Wyoming, who's already up there and and you know might one of the best players in the class, a, a coveted recruit from Wyoming, which is in like suburban Reading for Penn State fans who are not from Central Pennsylvania. Really nice area. But my question to you, Johnny, is what are they feeding the football high school football players in the Wyoming area? Because it, it would appear that Penn State is after yet another. Uh, large body from Wyoming, I believe somebody just recently got an offer, but I'm just, I don't remember why I'm, I don't, I, I don't remember why I'm missing being like the, uh, the, the place to go in Pennsylvania. If you want, you know, a, a quality blue chip offensive lineman, but apparently, apparently that's what's going on uh, in the Reading area right now. Yeah. That Burks uh, area, the, uh, that pipeline, right now is looking pretty good for Penn state because they've got Nick Singleton already doing what he's doing. Uh, Javen Williams coming in and as a five-star guy, one of the highest rated offensive linemen, the highest rated offensive lineman of the James Franklin era. Uh, when you look at 24 seven sports rankings, but yeah, they offered another one. They offered Javen's teammate, uh, former teammate, Caleb Brewer, a uh, 2024 prospect who also played tackle for that wide missing team that went 13 and one uh, this past season. Uh, you know, Michigan had already offered him. Notre Dame had offered him. Uh, Caleb was on campus a couple of weeks ago uh, for one of those junior days at Penn State and, you know, got called into Franklin's office and kind of knew what was coming. Uh, but it was still a cool moment for him. And uh, he's taking things slow. I was able to talk to him earlier this week. Uh, he's taking his recruitment slow. He's not rushing into any decisions. He still wants to visit you know, Penn State again in the spring. He has plans to visit Notre Dame, Pitt. And Tennessee, uh, he visited Michigan this past weekend and said Jim Harbaugh gave off, quote unquote, good vibes. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh will be giving off those good vibes when he's in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> if he if he ends up there, I don't think he will. But uh, no, Brewers, a, he's a talented kid uh, right now. I think he's a three star on on three and he's unrated on 24 seven and rivals. But that'll change. And uh, it's, again, it's still it's early in the process for a guy like Jalen Matthews, the twenty twenty five. Uh, commit. It's still early in the process for these 2024 guys. Uh, and so he's going to take his time, but just another one to keep an eye on. Yeah. I don't know what they're feeding them, at, and what they're missing, but uh, whatever it is, it's working up front uh, for those guys. So yeah, Caleb Brewer is just one to keep an eye on. Yeah. And it's always a good sign. I think when one of, you know, his teammates are already up here and I, you, like you said, it's early, but it's always a good sign. You know, I'm sure the, the push will be hard from, from, Javen Williams to, to get this guy, but it is, he, he wants to take his visits and you're like, Penn state's really good at identifying talent early and they don't really pay attention to maybe the stars so much when they start after them. Cause I think they know they're good at identifying talent. And eventually if they're hot, if they're three stars, they're going to become four stars. And if they're four stars, they have a shot at becoming five stars by the time everyone else kind of gets caught up. So yeah, I think you're right. I wouldn't be surprised if this kid has another great year and and you're going to see him become one of the more coveted players, you know, in the Northeast, but yeah, Penn state, just the magic they've been able to work 
uh, along the offensive line uh, this this last couple of years. It's been impressive. It's amazing what, you know, they were 11 and 11. 2020 was the pandemic year. 2021, they started fast and they ended up seven and six. And it's just amazing how quickly, you know, they've been able to turn it around in a very tough conference. And the amount of talent they have coming back uh, is really, really going to be a lot of fun. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Johnny, I think we're going to enjoy ourselves, Penn State fans. We're going to be able to go up to Penn State. I think this, as long as the weather holds, we'll be up there next week uh, to talk to the new wideouts coach, but also, you're right, to talk to some more of their young players. And if there's any recruiting news, and if anyone wants to ask James Franklin about the 2022 season, I think that was the way that was worded in the release. We can do that. But I think I think everyone's going to have some different questions for James. Probably not very many of them are going to be about, hey, did you see that? That Rose Bowl was really impressive, James. 35-21, great job. It's going to be about the future and all the great things they've done. And it just seems like um, their junior days are always good, Johnny. Uh, they've always had really successful junior days. But it just seems like this most recent Junior Day weekends have gone very, very well for Penn State. And they just continue to build on that talent base that's so young. But um, they're such a deep team now. It's exciting to see. It's going to be a really exciting spring. What what else? Is there anything else uh, on the radar recruiting wise, uh, as far as you're concerned? Maybe not to finish up this class, but maybe anything to keep an eye on. Yeah, I just think you're going to see more more commits coming in the next week or two. And I don't know if that's if that's two guys or if that's, you know, five guys. Uh, not like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. So maybe that was a 40. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it, it's one of those where when you have these junior days, kids commit uh, again. It is early in the process for the even still for the 2024 class. And a lot of them will want to come back to campus uh, in the spring. You know, the blue white game was always a big. Uh, huge recruiting weekend. I mean, it's more of a recruiting weekend than it is a really developmental weekend for the team. You know, in terms of how much uh, emphasis is put on, you know, with the coaching staff and, and all that. But I would just keep an eye on that. And I would keep an eye on specifically too. And I'm interested in talking to Marcus Higgins about this, uh, about his recruiting area and more specifically the wide receivers, because uh, they had they hosted um, a few wide receivers from the Virginia area uh, over the last couple weekends and. You know, that's where Marcus uh, recruited a lot for the Cavaliers when he was there for a decade. Uh, And it's obviously his position room and he's the offensive recruiting coordinator. Uh, And so taking over that job from Taylor Stubblefield, this wide receiver room, you know, they they got in a couple of transfers and guys who have more than one uh, year available. They have, you know, Keandre Lambert Smith and uh, Harrison Wallace, the third Liam Clifford, and this crop of five freshmen from the 2022 class, but only bringing in one guy in the 23 class and Carmelo Taylor, uh, you'll be looking to add at least a couple uh, in the 24 class. And so I'm just keeping an eye on that position and uh, just seeing how Marcus Higgins does, uh, you know, right off the rip uh, as a recruiter, we know what kind of developer he is. He didn't get the best talent uh, in the country at Virginia so through no fault of his own. It's, one of those where you have a lot of options if you're a good player from the Virginia area. And so he's a great developer. We know that uh, just a matter of that recruiting aspect. And so we'll see uh, how quickly those results come uh, if they do in the next uh, few weeks here. 
Yeah, Johnny, I think uh, so many moving parts when you look at Penn State's wide receiver room uh, this year in the offseason. New position coach, two, uh, two impressive additions via the transfer portal ad. You're replacing... You know, you know, re- you know, replacing Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley was really solid uh, last year for them. Young, unproven receivers at Penn State who they believe in, but uh, they haven't shown it. And I think the other component is, as you watch this offseason unfold, you're going to have a young starting quarterback. Whereas last year, you know, Sean was Sean was in his sixth year. I think he was. I believe he was a member of the 2017 recruiting class, so he could kind of. He could kind of run that show, maybe point people in the right direction when you bring in the new kids, when you bring in Mitchell Tinsley. I think they room together. But it's different, I think, when you have, if you're Mike Yersich, you got a new quarterback, you got a new wideouts coach, you got transfer portal guys, you got unproven guys. You know, Keandre Lambert Smith, as good as he looked in the Rose Bowl, you know, he hasn't necessarily always been a guy that um, has produced at Penn State. And maybe that's not his fault. Fortunately, they have a really good offensive line and they have two extremely gifted tight ends to take some pressure off them. But I just think it's going to be really fascinating to see how quickly all these moving parts come together because the offseason is going to go by fast, right? And they, they're going to have to find five or six guys they really like. Um, there's no questioning the talent, but everyone's going to have to get on the same page. And it might just take a little bit. I mean, they were able to hit the ground running last year. I think a lot, a lot of that was because Sean was so comfortable with the offense. It's just going to be a little bit different this year. It's going to be different, too, because Dante Cephas right now, their big ad through the portal, the Penn State wide receiver, all Mac player. Uh, the stats are there. The talent is there. Uh, he's not on campus, though. He's still at Kent State through the spring semester, so he won't be coming aboard until the summer. And I'm sure he's got a playbook. I'm sure he's you know learning the offense. But that's a situation where you're not with Drew Aller, you know, at, you know after workouts, you know, going out at, at 6 a.m. throwing the ball, you know, that you're not building that. Uh, that rapport. And for some guys, it doesn't matter. You know, some guys, they just pick it up quick and they're good. But, you know, when you have a new quarterback in as talented as, as much raw potential as Drew Aller has, uh, you'd love to have a Dante Cephas on campus. Now it is nice that they have Malik uh, McLean, uh, the transfer in from Florida state. He's already enrolled in, in classes and good to go. Uh, you've got guys like Keandre uh, Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace and everyone we've already mentioned the young receivers, Caden Saunders, you know, Amari Evans, uh, players that Drew Aller has already formed bonds with and connections with uh, in the last year, um, but yeah, this is a it's an off season of transition, and I'm looking forward to talking to Drew Aller. Assuming we get to uh, next week, you know, we're talking to for, you know 2022 first year players, um, and you know we were able to talk to Drew and Nick and Katron and uh, Abdul Carter out of the Rose Bowl when they had their their entire team, um, you know, media day, but that was like a chicken, you know, with their head cut off situation where you're trying to get to as many guys as possible in like a 30 minute span or whatever it is. And you're going like, boom, boom, boom. Let's just talk to as many, as many of these guys we haven't been able to talk to, uh, as we possibly can. I think we're going to have a little bit more time in the Beaver stadium media room, uh, next week, fingers crossed, uh, to just, you know, pick his brain on how he's approaching the off season and, uh, and everyone else involved in that offense. Cause it's not just him. I like what they have from a depth standpoint, both offensively and defensively, and uh, it's it's an important offseason for them. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see, I guess, how it all pans out. Spring camp is right around the corner, Bob. It's uh, it's coming up. Yeah, one of those freshmen. Uh, just as an aside, I was watching the uh, the Penn State Iowa wrestling match. Maybe it was on Twitter. 
But I think that I think Michael Micah Parsons was obviously up there and he had a lot of fun with uh, somebody I think he knew from back when he was a real young kid when he wrestled Spencer Lee, the Iowa star. Uh, he, he also spent some time with Abdul Carter, and I think there's some pictures. I think they might have even been s- seated next to each other at the match. But as big as Mike is, Johnny, I swear Abdul Carter looked like he was bigger than him already. I, I don't know if my eyes were deceiving me, but Micah is not a small human being. And it looks like Abdul's already bigger than Micah, and that's that's got to be terrifying uh, for opposing uh, offenses to have to deal with this guy now that he's more experienced with another offseason of Manny Diaz. but. They, I think listed him at 230. He is a big guy. Yeah, and Abdul is one. I'm I'm like 99% sure he was not an early enrollee. I'm pretty sure he came in over the summer. And for him to make that kind of impact like he did as as early as he did and as and progress throughout the, you know, his freshman season and not hit the proverbial freshman wall, I, everyone has to be excited to see what he's going to be doing as a sophomore because he's only going to get better. Uh, which is difficult to tell because he was arguably the best linebacker in the Big Ten by the time the season finished last year. Not not when it started, but you know, by the time it finished, he was the most disrupt one of the most disruptive players uh, in the country. And so, uh, yeah, you know, him sitting court, you know, not courtside, Matt side with uh, with Micah Parsons. I'm interested to see if he if he gave him any tips of the trade or anything like that. But well, from one guy to another, wearing the number eleven. Abdul Carter has a big offseason ahead of him. If he can get any bigger, I don't know. Like his is like it looked like his arms were popping out of his shirt. Um, I mean, he's a big dude, so uh, do do for a big season as well. Yeah, those elevens always stick together at Penn State, especially on the on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so Johnny, before we wrap this up, I just want to make sure I have all this together about how your uh, how your last couple of months have gone. Phillies, Philly guy. Phillies go to the World Series, give the Astros all they want. Penn State, um, you're a Penn State grad. Penn State goes to the Rose Bowl, beats Utah. They could have beat Ohio State. Pretty good season, I think, for your alma mater. Would you say if you had to rank your Philly sports teams in terms of your passion for them, Spurs one, Phils two? Is that is that accurate or no? Are you the other way? No, so it, it is it is Birds one, uh, and then the Sixers and, and Phillies are right there. Growing up, it was the Phillies, but yeah, I would say I would say Birds one. And uh, and the Phillies and Sixers are kind of right there. I don't care about the Flyers at all. So it's like <laughs> one of those where I didn't grow up with hockey, really. I so I, I don't think they're very good. I couldn't tell you exactly uh, what's going on with Gritty and the boys, but uh, everyone everyone else is doing well. Well, hopefully you get a chance to get a uh, to get some stuff done on Miles Sanders. Uh, Penn, uh, it's, it's we're about two weeks before two weeks before the the Super Bowl, and uh, I know you have some other irons in the fire. So everyone. Stick around for Penn State, uh, Penn Life's Penn State coverage uh, as as Penn State pushes towards the start of spring practice. It's really not going to be that far away. There's only 28 days this year in February. I don't think this is a leap year. So it's going to, the corner will turn very quickly. There's going to be a lot to get to. Johnny and I are looking forward to, to going up to State College next week to talk to James Franklin, uh, Marcus Hagens, and uh, some very young, very talented Penn State players. And if there's any recruiting news, Johnny will have it. So it's just been – think of your, it's a really good time to be a Penn State football fan who might be from the Philadelphia area right now. I don't know that there's a been a better time to be – maybe 1980, but that's – I think, that Johnny, you weren't around for that. But I can't think of a better time to be maybe a Penn State fan and also somebody who really, really is passionate about Philadelphia This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live.